the sinking of the titanic and other great sea disasters edited by logan marshall this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org today's reading by allison hester of athens georgia introduction dedication and chapter one of sinking of the titanic and other great sea disasters edited by logan marshall dedication to the one thousand six hundred thirty five souls who were lost with the ill-fated titanic and especially to those heroic men who instead of trying to save themselves stood aside that women and children might have their chance of each of them let it be written as it was written of a greater one he died that others might live introduction dr van dyke's spiritual consolation to the survivors of the titanic the titanic greatest of ships has gone to her ocean grave what has she left behind her think clearly she has left debts vast sums of money have been lost some of them are covered by insurance which will be paid the rest is gone all wealth is insecure she has left lessons the risk of running the northern course when it is menaced by icebergs is revealed the cruelty of sending a ship to sea without enough lifeboats and life rafts to hold her company is exhibited and underlined in black she has left sorrows hundreds of human hearts and homes are in mourning for the loss of dear companions and friends the universal sympathy which is written in every face and heard in every voice proves that man is more than beasts that perish it is an evidence of the divine in humanity why should we care there is no reason in the world unless there is something in us that is different from lime and carbon and phosphorus something that makes us mortals able to suffer together for we have all of us a human heart but there is more than this harvest of debts and lessons and sorrows in the tragedy of the sinking of the titanic there is a great ideal it is clearly outlined and set before the mind and heart of the modern world to approve and follow or to despise and reject it is women and children first whatever happened on that dreadful april night among the arctic ice certainly that was the order given by the brave and steadfast captain certainly that was the law obeyed by the men on the doomed ship but why there is no statute or enactment of any nation to enforce such an order there is no trace of such a rule to be found in the history of ancient civilizations there is no authority for it among the heathen races today on a chinese ship if we may believe the report of an official representative the rule would have been men first children next and women last there is certainly no argument against this barbaric rule on physical or material grounds on the average a man is stronger than a woman he is worth more than a woman he has a longer prospect of life than a woman there is no reason in all the range of physical and economic science no reason in all the philosophy of the superman why he should give his place in the lifeboat to a woman where then does this rule which prevailed in the sinking titanic come from it comes from god through the faith of jesus of nazareth it is the ideal of self-sacrifice it is the rule that the strong ought to bear the infirmities of those that are weak 
it is the divine revelation which is summed up in words greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends it needs a tragic catastrophe like the wreck of the titanic to bring out the absolute contradiction between this ideal and all the counsels of materialism and selfish expediency i do not say that the germ of this ideal may not be found in other religions i do not say that they are against it i do not ask any man to accept my theology which grows shorter and simpler as i grow older unless his heart leads him to it but this i say the ideal that the strength of the strong is given them to protect and save the weak the ideal which animates the rule of women and children first is in essential harmony with the spirit of christ if what he said about our father in heaven is true this ideal is supremely reasonable otherwise it is hard to find arguments for it the tragedy of facts sets the question clearly before us think about it is this ideal to survive and prevail in our civilization or not without it no doubt we may have riches and power and dominion but what a world to live in only through the belief that the strong are bound to protect and save the weak because god wills it so can we hope to keep self-sacrifice and love and heroism and all the things that make us glad to live and not afraid to die henry van dyke princeton new jersey april eighteenth nineteen twelve facts about the wreck of the titanic number of persons aboard 2,340. Number of lifeboats and rafts, 20. Capacity of each lifeboat, 50 passengers and a crew of 8. Utmost capacity of lifeboats and rafts, about 1,100. Number of lifeboats wrecked and launching, 4. Capacity of lifeboats safely launched, 928. Total number of persons taken in lifeboats, 711. Number who died in lifeboats, six. Total number saved, 705. Total number of Titanic's company lost, 1,635. The cause of the disaster was a collision with an iceberg in latitude 41 degrees 46 north, longitude 50 degrees 41 west. The Titanic had repeated warnings of the presence of ice in that part of the course. Two official warnings had been received defining the position of the ice fields. It had been calculated on the Titanic that she would reach the ice fields about 11 o'clock Sunday night. The collision occurred at 11.40. At that time, the ship was driving at a speed of 21 to 23 knots, or about 26 miles an hour. There had been no details of seamen assigned to each boat. Some of the boats left the ship without seamen enough to man the oars. Some of the boats were not more than half full of passengers. The boats had no provisions. Some of them had no water stored. Some were without sail equipment or compasses. In some boats, which carried sails wrapped and bound, there was not a person with a knife to cut the ropes. In some boats, the plugs in the bottom had been pulled out, and the women passengers were compelled to thrust their hands into the holes to keep the boats from filling and sinking. The captain, E.J. Smith, admiral of the white star fleet went down with his ship chapter one first news of the greatest marine disaster in history 
the Titanic in collision, but everybody's safe. Another triumph set down to wireless telegraphy. The world goes to sleep peacefully. The sad awakening. Like a bolt out of a clear sky came the wireless message on Monday, April 15, 1912, that on Sunday night, the great Titanic on her maiden voyage across the Atlantic had struck a gigantic iceberg, but that all the passengers were saved. The ship had signaled her distress, and another victory was set down to wireless. Twenty-one hundred lives saved! Additional news was soon received that the ship had collided with a mountain of ice in the North Atlantic off Cape Race, Newfoundland, at 10.25 Sunday evening, April 14th. At 4.15 Monday morning, the Canadian Government Marine Agency received a wireless message that the Titanic was sinking and that the steamers towing her were trying to get her into shoal water near Cape Race for the purpose of beaching her. Wireless dispatches up to noon Monday showed that the passengers of the Titanic were being transferred aboard the steamer Carpathia, a Cunarder, which left New York April 13th for Naples. Twenty boatloads of the Titanic's passengers were said to have been transferred to the Carpathia then, and allowing 40 to 60 persons as the capacity of each lifeboat, some 800 or 1,200 persons had already been transferred from the damaged liner to the Carpathia. They were reported as being taken to Halifax, whence they would be sent by train to New York. Another liner, the Parisian of the Allen Company, which sailed from Glasgow for Halifax on April 6th, was said to be close at hand and assisting in the work of rescue. The Baltic, Virginian, and Olympic were also near the scene, according to the information received by wireless. While badly damaged, the giant vessel was reported as still afloat, but whether she could reach port or shoal water was uncertain. The White Star officials declared that the Titanic was in no immediate danger of sinking because of her numerous watertight compartments. While we are still lacking definite information, Mr. Franklin, Vice President of the White Star Line said, later in the afternoon, we believe the Titanic's passengers will reach Halifax Wednesday evening. We have received no further word from Captain Haddock of the Olympic or from any of the ships in the vicinity, but are confident that there will be no loss of life. With the understanding that the survivors would be taken to Halifax, the line arranged to have 30 Pullman cars, two diners, and many passenger coaches leave Boston Monday night for Halifax to get the passengers after they were landed. Mr. Franklin made a guess that the Titanic's passengers would get into Halifax on Wednesday. The Department of Commerce and Labor notified the White Star Line that Customs and Immigration Inspectors would be sent from Montreal to Halifax in order that there would be as little delay as possible in getting the passengers on trains. Monday night, the world slept in peace and assurance. A wireless message had finally been received, reading, all Titanic's passengers safe. It was not until nearly a week later that the fact was discovered that this message had been wrongly received in the confusion of messages flashing through the air, and that in reality the message should have read, Are all Titanic's passengers safe? With the dawning of Tuesday morning came the awful news of the true sad fate of the Titanic. End of dedication, introduction, and chapter one of The Sinking of the Titanic and Great Sea Disasters.